This is your go-to podcast for the breaking news across the NFL. While breaking down how this might affect your fantasy team's success. Are you ready to be a champ? Then welcome to Fields of Fantasy. And welcome to the Fields of Fantasy podcast as we finalize our wander through the AFC South as we get to the Carolina Panthers. How are we, Tom? Are you enjoying the deep dive shows? Yeah, lots of research, lots of work, but it's been very interesting. Found out lots about different teams. I am finding that uh, when we've done some of these deep dives, I have to reconsider some of my draft picks because when certain players are stuck in your mind after you've just researched them, you can start to sell them to yourself a little bit more than maybe you should. But Panthers, a team that we're expecting after a bit of a fallow year, should be quite fancy relevant again. Yeah, again, as we've talked about, you know, it will come back to the rookie quarterback. Yes. I've been listening to Mike Florio's uh, book Playmakers on Audible, and there's an interesting thing he says there where there are three quarterback situations in the NFL. There are teams with a franchise quarterback. There are teams looking for a franchise quarterback, or there are teams with a quarterback they are hoping will be their franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. And the Panthers are in the final of those, aren't they? They are hoping they've found their franchise quarterback. Yeah, let's talk about that quarterback then. So we're going for Bryce Young, the 101 pick last year. And we've obviously spoken about him before on the show, and there's been lots of talk about him um, within the media. So he's an interesting, if undersized, talent. You know, the team have really tried to set him up to succeed. They brought a number of decent wide receivers in Thielen, Chark and Mingo, who we're going to talk about later. But for me, there's no clear wide receiver one really there. They worked particularly hard this year to sort out their O-line after drafting one and bringing in two in free agency. And obviously he's working with Frank Reich, who's been known for developing quarterbacks. His current ADP is 141. You know, I'm not truly convinced about his weapons to take him as more than anything than a QB2. Superflex, he obviously has more value. And Dynasty rookie drafts, I think he certainly should be going in the top five. Superflex, probably top two or three, really. The thing I like about Bryce Young is, as a player, is more of the, the immeasurables. So there was a good article out there, so we were speaking about during, during COVID. He was a DoorDash delivery driver. I think if you're a quarterback at your college, you are... You're a godlike figure on campus, aren't you? Yeah, you had the work ethic, still get out there and graft and kind of earn. And this is that one key separator we've seen with a number of players over the period of time. If you're a well-rounded, hard-grafting, intelligent player, intelligent is around the way the game works and outside of that as well, you're more likely for success. I think redraft, I don't know, I wouldn't want to take that gamble on him. I said before, I think I slightly veer towards the CJ Stroud side of the two when it comes to dynasty. But at this point, it is a coin toss. I don't think you should be relying on redraft at all, though. No, no. And it all comes back to size stuff, doesn't it, yeah. really, with him? And obviously, what every quarterback needs is a strong receiving core. Who's he got at his disposal? Right, so let's start off with the veteran, Adam Thielen. So he leaves the Vikings and he's the potential wide receiver one on this team for me, or certainly like to lead in terms of targets. Whether that will turn out in terms of points per game is a different matter. Thielen, we know, is particularly good on short routes, uh, which is hope will mesh very well with the rookie young quarterback. Last year, he, would, he was wide receiver 29 after a noticeable drop in touchdowns. So if you look at his last three seasons, 14 touchdowns, 10, and then just six last year. His current ADP is of 121, round 10. I've taken a few punts on him, actually. I think he's likely to be, you know, that reliable head there for them. Um, and I'm not that keen on the other wide receivers in the stable. 
He's very undervalued as Thielen. He always has been in fantasy, but he's such a solid red zone target. I think those years for the Vikings where he was getting big points from those in the five targets where he was getting like 0.1 points yeah. for his actual, the actual pass, but then one for the reception, six yeah. for the touchdown. So he could be a really useful target for uh, the young quarterback when it comes to those red zone targets as well. But his targets per route run rate dropped massively from 21.3% down to 90.3 to 15 over the last three years. So they're steadily declining, but he's an ageing wide receiver. He's 33. Yeah. He's steadily declining. I think as a flex, though, he's probably got some good value. And the point where you're drafting him, I think he's probably going give to you, give you what you're paying for, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, potentially more even, you know, round 10, 121. Yeah, it's definitely someone I would happily target around that point. Uh, so next we go from the old to the young and we look at rookie wide receiver Jonathan Mingo. Now Mingo's an interesting one. He's a big body wide receiver, you know, and from from the research I've looked into uh, early on before the draft process, a lot of people saying he plays like a much smaller man. He spent four years at Old Miss and never led the team in receiving yards. And despite the size and athleticism, he totaled just 12 touchdowns in college. Uh, I'm not taking him. His ADP is 139. He's round 11. I could get this totally wrong here, you know, and he could come up to be this fantastic pro. For me, he's just a bigger bodied wide receiver in a weaker class of smaller wide receivers. He was billed as one of the few true X receivers in that more shallow wide receiver class we've seen in the last few years. I think he's a good late round pick to see how that depth chart shapes up over the first few weeks. I think it's someone probably, if he has a later breakout, may have already been ditched onto the wave wire and you could pick up a value there as well. Temper your expectations and he could be nothing more than a bench warmer for fantasy this year. Potentially his value will come as Young develops and as the Panthers yeah. receiving group develop as well. We move on to our final wide receiver. So we've gone in the middle age wide one for DJ Chark. So he moves after one season in Detroit. And realistically, when we look at Chark's record, He's only had one good season back in 2019, his second year. That year, he finished wide receiver 15, uh, 1,008 yards and eight touchdowns. Last year, he was wide receiver 76, uh, 502 yards and two touchdowns with Detroit. For me, he's nothing more than a late flex option, even at his late 180 ADP. So we know that rookie quarterbacks struggle to garner elite figures for wide receivers. So therefore... I'm out on the third wide receiver in that group yeah. because I don't see it happening. And he's someone that I've, once again, that bias is someone I've rolled the dice on a few times. And he's always let me down. So I can't imagine I'll be doing it yet again on Chark this year. And we move on to our final pass catcher. We go from wide receiver to tight end now. And we look at Hayden Hurst, ex-Bengal. And it's interesting. He's the clear tight end one on the team moving from the Bengals where he was never really going to be a huge feature. You know, last year he finished at tight end 21 in PPR. But when you're competing with... You know, Higgins, Chase, Tyler Boyd, you're not likely to be a particularly big focal point of the offense. It's difficult to predict how he's going to do. I mean, clearly there's a downgrade at quarterback going from Burroughs to Young. But Young isn't a terrible throw passer of the ball. And he could look to that big body tight end, as we've said so many times, for an easy outlet. He's clearly going to be the starter with, I think, Tommy Tremblay as his next closest backup. You know, and tight end is horrendous. His ADP is 204, perhaps worth a punt late in drafts. But obviously, again, we go back to that rookie quarterback. The way that I draft tight ends is I might take a couple in that middle band if I decide to go there. 
if I'm going for someone earlier, I'm not drafting a backup tight end similar to quarterbacks. I'll wait yeah. till the bye week hits and decide what to do then. So it could be a streaming option then. I don't, it pains me to say this guy was really high on Hayden Hurst last year at the Bengals. And it goes against what I've said about the rookie quarterback's best friend being his tight end. I don't think he's draftable in redraft at all this year. But I do think he's that good target in best ball as well because he probably will have three or four good weeks, good top 12 tight end weeks within that. So we move away from the pass catchers and we move to running backs and we move on to a man who we've spoken about way too many times and that's Miles Sanders. So if you've ever listened to a show before, you probably know we're quite big fans generally. Last year, he finishes RB15 while dealing with Jalen Hurts stealing everything possible. Mini Bryce Young is not going to be doing that. You know, he's mobile and he can move around in the pocket, but it, he's so tiny. Surely they're not going to let the 101 pick run the ball. He'll benefit from the improved O-line and should see plenty of opportunities. You know, current ADP of 53, round four. You know, we've said before, try and grab him. Uh, I'll let you go on about him for about 10 minutes now. I think he's going to be rubbish this year. <laughs> um, no, I've, I've, I'm very high on him and I've said lots and lots and lots about him. The one thing I've not said is the fact that he's been paid, which most running yeah. backs aren't. Yeah. 25 million for those four years. They're going to get their money's worth out of him. So the one thing that we say across all players in fantasy football is chase where there is opportunity and he will have lots and lots of opportunity. So we've spoken about him almost, almost kind of gone to the well too many times that the well is now dry. I do think he's going to be a solid pickup. I, I'm certain he will pay you back more than where he's going to ADP. And I've already said, I think he has that chance to be the Josh Jacobs running back breakout this year. But yeah, we all know we're high. As a show, I think. Yeah, Me more yeah, so yeah. Than, uh, no, than you no, and Ed. No, but as totally. a show, we're high on him. He will be the main player on this roster I will actively target and will sometimes pull the trigger on a round early to make sure I get him. And it's probably as late as I'd be happy someone being my running back one out of that period of players as well. Yeah. And we look at his backup. You know, there's not a lot there, really. We're gonna, are we Chuba Chuba? How do we pronounce I it? I like Chuba. Chuba? Chuba Hubbard. He should see some work behind Sanders, you know, but it's going to be nothing really to scream about. We know they're both not particularly great at catching the ball either. Um, they both had issues with drops. So he might sneak in there if he can show more in training camp. Current ADP of 202, you know, there's a reason for it. I'm avoiding him, unless you're taking Sanders, potentially, obviously, as your handcuff. The, the one thing that makes me completely out on Hubbard is the fact that last year when CMC left, that was the period of time that he yeah. had, should have had his breakthrough and Foreman had the breakthrough instead. He is still there. He will get opportunities, but I don't think there is any way you could possibly, unless Sanders is injured, you could work out when a Hubbard week is going to be. Yeah. So I'd be avoiding him then as well. I think there's other players I'd rather take the gamble on in best ball as well over Hubbard. So that is our rundown of the Carolina Panthers. We have the Bucks and Saints yet to come for the NFC South. Another team that could prove to be more fancy relevant than they appear to be at the moment on paper. And the thing that's for a lot of these players on here as well in the South is it's quite an open division as well. The Panthers could genuinely be competing to win that division. So therefore, those opportunities can come for those players as well. Yeah, hopefully some high-scoring games as well. You know, those poor, yes. poor defences could lead some high-scoring games, which leads some monster fantasy weeks. Um, so we'll be moving on next week to the lots to talk about when it comes to the Saints. Not so much to talk about when it comes to the Bucks. We shall get to those. <laughs> but, Malcolm, we're finished with the Panthers. We're done again. Take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. 
For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.